0: The people, the places and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tap. 5.50 left to run. San Vincenzo a length in front. Deadly Choices second. Third French Hustler. Eschiel's down on the inside and coming around them as clouds. The grey on the outside. Mason's chances waiting for a run and they were followed by Money Add and the Baker into the straight. San Vincenzo with a kick. 250 to go. A length in front. Deadly Choices looming as a danger and they get down to the 200 together. Clear a French Hustler. It's Deadly Choices looming up to San Vincenzo. It's Deadly Choices. San Vincenzo with 50 to run, and Deadly Choices and Dan Bellard, they take out the Country Cup. Second home, San Vincenzo. Third might be French hustler, Justin of
1: Yes, winding up. the clock back to 2019, the uh, Country Cup's challenge final that year, taken out by Deadly Choices with news on the Bush Champ this weekend that he's been retired. And we'll tell you more about that as we welcome you to Bush Beat this week here on Radio Tab. With lots of news coming your way this morning as the Battle of the Bush heats get to the pointy end of the series. Just the one heat to go, 15 heats down and one left. And we'll let you know what happened at Cairns and Bar Calden on the weekend. We'll also talk about the Outback Showcase Racing Series where we're at Mount Isa for Mount Isa Cup Day on Saturday. And the Magic Millions Far North Queensland Rob Kosh Memorial up-and-coming Stayers Series took us to Cairns on Saturday and a win there for Hot Top. We'll update you on all of those series. Plus news out of the Injun Cup meeting on Sunday with a special guest coming there as well. Lots of news to get through on the show this morning and as always helping us out with lots of news on Bushmeat each and every week is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob.
2: Good morning, Tony, and lovely to hear that replay of Deadly Choices winning the Country Cup Championship. Of course, uh, a runner-up in the Battle of the Bush final and the inaugural Battle of the Bush, I think it was, Tony. Um, And um, I may have that wrong, but um, retired on the weekend. And Tony, what a magnificent career for Deadly Choices, um, bred by the uh, the Hick family and raced by the Hick-Miller families and and basically took them on the ride of a lifetime in great association with Dan Ballard as a jockey and, of course, Damien Finter doing a tremendous job as a trainer. But when you look at it, this horse, he had a total of 35 starts, 16 wins, 8 minor placings, 267000 plus in prize money, and he started off in Victoria, bought back to Mount Isa, ends up getting a Battle of the Bush place, and he probably was unlucky to lose due to the barrier. Country Cups win, gets a Cleveland Bay win, uh, and now in retirement. And big big call uh, made there, but what a right of a lifetime he's provided. He actually had around 23 starts in the northwest and north Queensland, 12 wins, four minor placings, 16 races up in that uh, Mount Isa area. And uh, when you, you know, I think he was actually never out of the money in that Mount Isa area. That's, that's the sort of dream stuff that you get when you own a racehorse to start off in the country, build through the provincials, take quality races, win a Cleveland Bay, magnificent career for uh, Deadly Choices. And um, I imagine a bit of a bittersweet decision to be made, but he's going to be well looked after. And we had Wendy Hick on the show um, earlier uh, in past years explaining the whole story. He's a marvellous horse and um, sad to see him. He's now not on the race course, but what a uh, lovely legacy he's left to country racing across the board. Just to put it into a
1: little bit of perspective as well, Rob, and I was having a bit of a read of uh, some articles going back to 2019 when he did win that Country Cups Challenge final. And you're right, he did uh, run second in the Battle of the Bush and Damien Fitner made the point there that they had to leave Mount Isa Friday morning at about 4am. They pulled up Friday lunchtime at about 1 o'clock. Uh, got up and did the same thing the next day. He travelled beautifully in the back of the float. Gave him a couple of days to be able to uh, settle his way into Brisbane. And that day that he did win, he had 60 kgs on board. Now, the previous start at Mount Isa, I think he won with something like 65 on his back. So it would have felt like a featherweight that day with Dan Ballard. And just amazing for, uh, for the whole team to be able to go on and, and get a winner in Brisbane. That's what these Country Cups and Battle of the Bush series are all about.
2: Oh yes and and that travel factor is is immense for the Northwest the Central West and, and I know Jay Morris would be facing that with Tango Rain who by the way in his preparation for the um Battle of the Bush, I see, is in the uh, Rockhampton fields for Thursday. It's a long way um, to go and to get down there, and the preparation that goes into it, uh, the meticulous planning, and for the horse to be able to they're tough out here in the country, Tony, and uh, probably no tougher than in in the Central West, uh, the Northwest, where there's such uh, travel areas um, to cover. Uh, look, he he. He must rank, and it'd be an interesting question for the North West, just where does he rank in terms of being? Is he the top horse to come out of the, uh, the North West? There's many good horses that have come out. Uh, he certainly puts himself right up there in the elite company, doesn't he? We're going to be crowning a new Battle of the Bush champion come
1: June 26 at Eagle Farm. We had two heats on the weekend. You're going to update us on what happened with all of the news out of the Barkalden heat on Saturday, where Arwanichi was successful. But Paul Dolan is joining us to have a look at what happened on Saturday at Gainder, where it was Gainder Cup Day. Welcome along, Paul day,
0: Tony, Rob,
2: good morning everybody. Yeah, good morning to you Paul and of course one of the two heats for Battle of the Bush, for the Gain to Qualifier which also uh, sponsored by the Brown Citrus Transport uh, for that open handicap. Now Manila Miss, Paul, take us through this because the steward's report said it was uh, basically ran three wide the majority of the race and this is a strong win for this six-year-old mayor by Sidarius who's been in great form with two wins and three placings. Its last five came across impressive to you I imagine.
0: Yeah, Rob, um, uh, drew barrier nine in the field of nine in that 1,200 metres race. What happened, there was uh, about 15 mils of rain the night before, and the track went from a good three down to a soft six. So horses drawn wide weren't actually at a disadvantage. It was pretty well in a level playing field. But I don't think I've ever seen this at a country track I've been to. The first three races, the winners came from the extreme outside barrier. Seven out of seven, seven out of seven, and then nine out of nine which was the case with Vanilla Miss. Yes, yeah, she was three wide at the first turn, but got a bit of cover coming down the, the famous Gainer Hill and uh, and dashed on to victory from there. Um, the Good little story. She uh, was bought by the current owners for $3,000 and has won seven races for them and just on 100000 in just 11 months here in Queensland. Seven wins from 16 starts. Uh, three wins at Gladstone, one at Taroom, one at Thangool, one at Rockhampton, and now this win at Gainer. And, of course, that means straight to Eagle Farm for Tattersall's Day for the $200,000 final on the 26th of June. Manila Miss, trained by Kevin Miller over in Rockhampton, ridden by Chris McIver. It was always going to be a case of uh, a non-Gainder trained horse representing Gainder because there are no actual trainers or horses based in Gainder. So they all came from somewhere else. And Manila uh, Miss, what was that, winner? Chris McIver has never ridden her before. He's based in Rockhampton, but... um, he was uh, he was asked if he uh, would take the ride there, which he did, and he said, "Look, uh, Kevin Miller's very astute trainer, and he chops and changes his jockeys as he sees fit." And uh, Chris said, "Look, I'll be happy to ride this horse at Eagle Farm, but if Kevin decides he wants to go some other way, well, he'd agree with that. So it's uh, it's onward onward from here." He, uh, Chris and the owner of um, uh, Manila, Manila Miss described um, Kevin Miller as a, as a great horseman and. Uh, They've got a few other horses with him. But just at the moment, Manila Miss is giving them the big ride.
2: He's got a great strike rate, Kevin Miller, going at the moment too. But uh, Manila Miss also was in the home hill heat and uh, came third in that particular heat. I think that was Raiden that's won that. I don't know if you've been keeping tabs on all the Battle of the Bush uh, heats, Paul, but uh, I know she can handle a soft track all right, this particular mare. And uh, I don't think 1,200 metres is any worry for her. So she's got enough speed to be up there. She's going to put herself right in
0: that final. You're right. Her, her win at Rockhampton recently was on a soft track. And back when the late Noel Doyle trained her on the Gold Coast, she won her maiden at the Sunshine Coast on soft ground. So, yeah, if there happened to be a bit of rain around Eagle Farm on the 26th of June, connections of Manila, be smiling.
2: Yeah, she got up over midnight, Matt. And a of hard stride, of course, won a country stampede uh, last year. And he, that wasn't a bad run either when you
0: consider he carried 67 and a half. Yeah, battle it away uh, all, the, all the way down to the line, a veteran horse. Yeah, 67 and a half. You don't see that too often. Paul Hamblin uh, was carrying a fair bit of lead. Uh, but the rest of the meeting, uh, no
2: dramas there, as you said. Uh, the outside drawn horse taking out the first three, but it featured a Rhiannon Payne double for the day, um, this young lady kicking home the two winners.
0: That's true. She, um, she won the first aboard... Um, no, I'm sorry. She won the second. Let's let's start at the beginning. The uh, the maiden, the Benchmark 55 race was won by Dancing Tails. Hannah Phillips for Bruce Davis. Bruce comes from Cumbia, and scored by a length from the uh, the outside barriers I mentioned. The Maiden Plate went the way of All Gain. Rhiannon Payne for Tony Hess from Bundaberg, and picked up the cutest money there. Got the lot, nine thousand three hundred and fifty dollars. The Battle of the Bush we mentioned. Manila Miss. Chris McIver for Kevin Miller. Uh, race four was a Class B. Went to Laurie, the top weight. The second of Rhiannon Payne's uh, double was a dollar ninety favourite. And the last race was the culmination of a, a series which uh, five clubs in the southeast corner have put together uh, money, extra money on a points basis. There's that, not actually a final like the Battle of the Bush, but it was down to the wire. With the Avancy uh, Chartered Accountants gained the Cup. The last race on the program, and uh, it was an absolute thriller and a nose margin in favour of Aklavik, uh, Leanne McCoy riding for Jeff Schrader from um, Jandawi. Second home was Blondes Day Out, Hannah Richardson for Darrell Gardner of Bundaberg, and Blondes Day Out chalked up four points in the series. Now, the series was only over five uh, race races uh, without a final, so there was never, it was always going to be a close contest, and Blondes Day Out, having two seconds in the series, got four points, and that was enough to, uh, to take it out. So, the... Um, Owner of Blondes Day Out gets three thousand dollars cash. That's Mr. W Hutton, the leading jockey in the series was Isabella Tay. She got nine points from three winners. She interesting. Interesting story, Isabella. She's um aged either twenty five or twenty six. She's only in her second season of riding. She started with Arabian horses and a lot of riding of Arabian horses around the land. Her property had an Arabian. Have a her family rather have a property on the Darling Downs with Arabian horses, and she um. She's now riding thoroughbreds, of course. So she was the most successful rider in the series. And Shane Parsons, who's based at Gympie, picked up five points with a, a second at Bundaberg and a winner at Burrindown. So congratulations to those winners of the um, Coast to the Country series, as it's known.
1: We were talking about this uh, leading into all, Paul, and uh, Isabella, certainly after that win at Burrindown that she had aboard Daunting Warrior, that pretty much wrapped up the jockey's title for her. Uh, so yeah, there was no-one that was able to catch it. But as you say, the uh, the Gainter Cup being the last leg of it, it came down to the wire there, and there was a host of horses sitting on three points. Stay out with that second-placing, able to uh, to leapfrog ahead of them. And it just shows. You go around in a couple of the legs, and you can pick up points there. Ran second of Monto behind Modern Family and uh, second behind Aklevic there on Saturday at Gainter. And a similar sort of situation for Shane Parsons. While he had the win at Burren Down with Daunting Warrior, uh, his second-placing with uh, Marmion in the first leg of Bundaberg was enough to be able to get him over the line for that $1,500 prize.
0: Yeah, you're right. A few horses in the last race had a crack at the money and uh, Aklovic won by a nose, so it couldn't have been any closer. They won by a nose over Blondes Day Out. Uh, but as you say, that second placing was enough to uh, get Blondes Day out the uh, the highest points tally. We um, were situated. When I say we, the judge and the stewards and everybody else working there at Gander on Saturday worked from a, a new tower, which was been funded by Racing Queensland. And I tell you what, after the uh, the old one we've been in for about 35 years, it was a, a pleasant surprise to get there and be able to, uh, you know, be in a. Um, uh, a proper broadcast position, you might say. And uh, even though we're right on the line, I wasn't going to have a go in the last in the photo in the last, Tony. I wasn't going to get a photo wrong on the first day in the new <laughs>
1: tower. I to yeah. sat on the fence. You'd have almost felt more comfortable in the old tower, but I did see some photos on social media from the Gander to Jockey Club meeting there on the weekend. And it's great to be able to see some of those facilities going into some of the country tracks like that, and especially uh, a track that's so steeped in history. That, what, is it. I, you'll have to correct me here if I'm wrong. But is it one of the, or is it the oldest running track in Queensland?
0: The oldest running, yes, 153 years they've been going. The first three Queensland derbies were run at Gander in 1868, 1869 and 1870. So, yeah, it's a place steeped in history. But that, that tower we're talking about, there's basically a, a prototype type was designed for Racing Queensland. So any club that receives funding for a tower will get one of those. There's a new new one at Wanda. I dropped in and saw that on the way home. And Brett Moody was telling me they're going to have... Uh, uh, such new towers at Windy, at Bunya Park, at Dolby and Chinchilla. And no doubt there are other tracks around the land, around the state that uh, that are in need of that. But it's, it's 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 simple, but it's practical. It does the job really well.
2: Yeah, they're going up all over the state, as you say, and it's a great initiative through that infrastructure funding. The Central West also benefiting that. And you're being spoiled, Paul, because you kept commenting on how the Quilpie one was so good, and now you've got gained wrapped up as well with a great calling tower.
0: Uh, Quilpie's got the best... Best. <laughs> Quilby's got the equivalent of Royal Randwick. <laughs> if I could make uh, just one thing before we go. Um, uh, was I was sad to learn that since the last time I was there, a gentleman named Ken Mogg passed away. Now, Ken was the uh, owner and operator of the Golden Orange Hotel Motel in Gainder for well, probably a bit over 10 years. Started his working life in Toowoomba and later in Brisbane in the hospitality industry. A lot of people who go to the Kedron Wavell Services Club on the north side of Brisbane would remember Kenny. It was always a pleasure to drop in and have an ale at the Golden Orange on the way home and have a yarn with him. But sadly, he passed away uh, in in March of this year, three months ago now. He was aged 73, fought a really tough battle with cancer. And um, a mark of what indication that he, you know, how he was well respected, his funeral service was held in the Gander Town Hall. And uh, one year there, recently, he received the Citizen of the Year Award. So, uh, you know, he was well-liked and deserved, understandably so. So very sad to hear the passing of Ken Mogg and uh, a nice little tribute on the back page of, uh, of Saturday's race book told us, uh, told us of that
1: sad news. Paul, well, thanks for joining us this morning on Bushby with all that news out of Gainder on the weekend. We'll catch up again soon. All
0: right, guys, thank you. The- the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat.
2: As they sweep down past the 600 metres mark, and Boingo going up on the outside of Awanichi as they travel down to the home turn. Zillator putting itself into the race as they come to the home turn. Fully Max just back in behind them in fourth spot. I want to be a Jeep coming really wide into the turn. Media Vida back in behind them. Zuko starting to put the run in as well. And Hazar through the centre. Awanichi has slipped up along the rails and taken the lead, but Boingo's battling back hard. Hazar coming down the outside. I wanna be a Jeep. Fully maxed gone at this point. No media fighter. But as we come down and Awanichi, can he keep going with the legs? Awanichi is gonna head to Brisbane. Off goes Awanichi, takes the heat over Hazar. I want to be a Jeep. Then we go back to Argento Perlo, rushing home into fourth.
1: Further than back... Yes, Awanichi headed off to Brisbane now for the uh, Battle of the Bush final after taking out the qualifier there at called on the weekend. Ash Butler in the saddle for Raymond Williams. And there was a lovely feature story that Racing Queensland put out last week, Rob, on Ray. Uh,
2: yeah, definitely. And Raymond Williams has been a great supporter, uh, not only through country racing in the uh, Emerald area in the Central West, but also uh, he... Pretty well heads out to those uh, picnic meetings, or sorry, the uh, the grass-fed meetings uh, with Tracy Leek And uh, a well-deserved win here with Arwanichi. And what good form lines we're talking. And he really would shoot up the markets, I think, because he was narrowly beaten by Belenti in the uh, emerald heat of the Battle of the Bush. And um, this is becoming stronger and stronger, that form line, because Arwanichi carried the 635 Tony, you've got to compliment the ride on Ashley Butler for this win because he he did it to perfection. He bounced his horse out and it was a good length in front after 50 metres and basically never headed in the race, even though Boingo did go up and join him. He was able to dictate the pace and he had one instruction, I do believe, from Raymond Williams and that was count to 10 when you hit that home turn and do not release the brakes until then. He did it to perfection. The horse uh, was never headed, shot through or continued along the rails, put a gap on them, and there was no excuses for the beaten runners uh, with a, that winner carry 63 and a half. from the back of the field, and I want to be a Jeep from the back of the field. Fully maxed, the winner of the Longreach Heaton already in the, um, the final. Uh, apparent, on paper, disappointing, but uh, there's been big gaps between some of these runs for some of these horses, so I'm sure he'll uh, improve and bounce back. But boy, oh boy, Awanichi, he's a six-year-old by Zupa one. He's had 10 wins and, and 12 minor placings from 32 with four wins in a second he's his last five. He is going into the final with the right form. And um, the 1,200 metres, even Raymond indicated a little bit of a concern with the 1,200 metres. But when you can get away with a ride like that from Ash Butler uh, where he had him in full momentum all the way through, really rolling, dictating the pace, kicking off the turn, Uh, The issue wasn't in doubt, and uh, he really goes into that final in great form. Out of the meeting, too, uh, great to see Alicia Ross continue her dominance of the Central West. I better mention it again the Barkers News Agency Central West Jockey Premiership. Uh, She kicked home the first two winners, one for Clinton Oster, and this was the first of the double for Clinton with Coupe de Ville, that's had two wins and four placings from its eight starts since February. Five-year-old by Dane Shadow. Got up over the stable, mate, same old story. Only a long neck in the end, but it was pretty comfortable, really, because uh, she got control of the race about 150 out, El Jaroba into third. And then Alicia for Todd Austin. I reckon this was one of the runs of the day. Raconis, after a a break from racing since November 19, this five-year-old mare by Red Dazzler had resumed at Aramac with a good third two weeks prior, and got up over an inform mayor mare in Spelina with Viking Clap into third place for Raymond Williams. So I think that's going to be a pretty strong form race coming out of the uh, meeting. Uh, and Alicia Ross continued on a merry way, leading that uh, Central West Premiership. The um, maiden on the race, unfortunately, came down to only the three runners, but it was a good win for Tony Schofield, trainer Tony Schofield relocating from Rockhampton to uh, Barcaldine, And Jason Misson, he uh, kicked this one home after sitting at the back of the field in fr- uh, behind the two leaders and went away and won easily over Written Treaty and Bumper Bar. And this magnus three-year-old filly had also placed at Aramac at its last run. Um... Cody Collis, young young apprentice but doing a great job. And he uh, rode a few placings, including Hazara in the Battle of the Bush Heat. But he rode a, a, a perfect race on burden for Clinton Austin to wrap up his second leg of the double. The unencumbered uh, gelding, three uh, placings from his last three, he's been ever-consistent. He was just too strong for the informed Zebenae and Strike Point, a horse on the way up, another good quality form race. And uh, Cody just positioned this horse perfectly, about fourth through the run, came out at the right time in the straight, down the center of the uh, the track, and got up in the last hundred meters. So a good riding effort there. And uh, Sizzle Sun, Brooke Richardson, last race Brooke we used to call her about 12-18 months ago. She had a real habit of winning the last race on the day. Well, she's back in that habit because Sizzle Sun for Ray Herman. The sizzling five-year-old came from the back of the field and got up over the top of Taken on Chance, and do I have to? But, of course, the big news there is Awanichi going off to Brisbane for Raymond Williams, and I'm sure he'll have that particular gelding ready on the day.
1: As you said, uh, Arwanichi in uh, tip-top form with only a couple of weeks now before the final. And this was uh, a point of discussion that we had when you go back to, well, leading into the very first leg, which was the uh, quilpie Newmarket taken out by Trommel Schlagen back on the 1st of May. It's a fair amount of time, really, to go from the beginning of May all the way through to the end of June to be able to uh, keep your horse uh, up, fit and running and everything like that. And It's uh, a very fine balance there to try and get your horse qualified, make sure that you're qualified for the series having had the three non-tab starts and all of that sort of thing, tick all of those boxes, get into the final and then make it to Eagle Farm on June 26th. And that's part of the challenge that is the Battle of the Bush.
2: Definitely so. And the travel down, as we mentioned earlier, and uh, as I said, tango rain uh, in the fields at Rockhampton on Thursday. Um, it's it's all a matter of perfect timing and placement. Now, Bowen was a tab meeting, Tony, but it, uh, great results there for Wayne Pomfort and uh, Scott Sheargold with a double and Carl Spry going in great form uh, with a double there. And great to see also Jennifer Hatfield a name I haven't seen before, only two horses in work, I think. First winner, she had six runners to the track and Spanish Spirit got up for her for Martin Haley in the uh, cutest maiden plate. Uh, not a cutest horse, but there's a new name in the training ranks. But Wayne and Scott combined with Marino, good to see this gelding back in form, four from six at the distance and over El and seven-year reward. Um, then as well they combined with Manor Ross, the Uncle Mo that's had its first run at the stable and first up since um, June 20 took out the uh, band 0-60 to Carl Spry then combined with Trinity Bannon with Overseas uh, won it's last two, took out the Benchmark 65 and the Whitsunday Cup Benchmark 50 handicap, Uh, now where's my notes, I've lost my notes on that one Tony Uh, no here we go Um, taken out by Anne-Marie, Ian Shaw and Alicia Donald, now that's Alicia's First winner, I'm pretty sure, Tony, this uh, six-year-old mare by Ferocity gave her a first win, Anne-Marie, over Honest Natalie and Battle. And the six-race Carl Spry, Georgie Hulton, double major, the exceed and excel, Carl Spry getting that double there. So congratulations for those doubles. First winner, Jennifer Hatfield. First winner for Alicia Donald as an apprentice jockey. We talk about doubles and just uh, highlighting those
1: before our next guest joins us. Uh, Rockhampton raced Tuesday of last week. Chris Whiteley with a riding double. Graham Green with a training double at Callaghan Park on Tuesday. And at the uh, Townsville Tab meeting on Thursday, Stephen Wilson and Roy Chalimi with trebles apiece and doubles apiece to Les Gordy and Frank Edwards. Now, on the weekend, Rob, uh, in June were due to race on Saturday, but they'd had a bit of welcome rain around the region, so they weren't able to go ahead. But thankfully, the race meeting was able to be transferred to Sunday.
2: Yeah, it's one of those things. And it's a difficult decision to make because um, you've got trainers, jockeys on the move getting there. It, it makes it easier for... I noticed young Cody Collis picked up a ride and picked up a win by getting to that meeting. He had a win for Craig Smith with Scorpio's Sunset in the uh, the race. Uh, Cheryl Rogers got a win with my big brother and Benny Moffat and uh, young Talia Fenlon continued on winning way for Glenda Bell with Isis Jacktail, and Rebecca Kerwin and Gary Geeran got Gecko up but it is a big call to make the change and you hope that by the time Sunday comes around the track is in perfect uh, nick for the uh, the race day and no better person to tell us this morning because Tony we've been mentioning this young lady uh, and her riding efforts um, When I say young lady, she's a mature age apprentice, only in her 20s. Welcome to Bushbeat, Anna Bacos. You're on a real winning roll, and what a great win to get, the In June Cup on Mashani Blossom for Shane Iverson. Good morning to you.
3: Uh, Good morning. How are you?
2: Yeah, good, thanks. I was saying at the beginning there, it is a little bit difficult. Now, as a jockey, just take our listeners through the complexities involved. When you get this situation where a meeting looks like, well, it was going ahead on Saturday, it didn't go ahead. Then they make the call to go to Sunday. What's some of the implications you face as a rider um, and the trainers, of course, when that situation comes up?
3: Obviously, it's not a call they really want to make in the end, but um, I think some people don't understand, like... A lot of the jockeys and trainers, we're travelling, you know, we're putting in quite a lot of man-hours just to get to these races. Like myself and my partner, um, we travel, you know, six hours to get there. Um, so it it's a bit of a hit when they call it off, but in the end you'd rather be safe than sorry and have the track in tip-top condition and right and um, not have anything unnecessarily going wrong as such. Um but in the end, they made the right decision. I think and the track um, track raced really nicely.
2: And that prize money going off, and the Santos In June Cup goes to Mashani Blossom for you and Shane Iverson. Just take us through that uh, particular mare's win, because I remember calling her at Blackall, and she was very impressive winning there. And this is now an open handicap cup win to her, and another another feather in your cap as well.
3: Yeah, she's. Um, I was a bit a bit concerned because she's not. She wasn't as big as some of the other horses, but what works in her favour, I believe, is she's got a huge heart and um, just never gave up at any point of the race. I had to make a bit of a move early and um, just go around them, um, come down the middle of the track because I believe the sort of one-two off the fence was starting to break up a little bit. But um, we come down the middle of the track and we um, got up for a win, only by one by uh, one3 sorry, but it was a win nonetheless.
2: And is the June track easy to ride?
3: It's a little bit of a funny track because you um you turn in quite quite a lot of the way and really the only straight you get is down the home straight but um no I enjoyed it and I enjoy quite a lot of those little country tracks.
2: Now we we have been mentioning your name quite a bit in recent months, and this is the reason why. When you go back through your record, and uh, you started back <clears> with <throat> wins, as far as I can go back with results. Anyway, you know, Bow Desert, Roma, or but then you get the four at Cunnamulla, you get the the three at Quilpie, you get a winner at Charleville, you get doubles at Wondo and doubles at Tambo. This has been a real success story, but your name hasn't been in the in the uh, in the jockeys' um, titles or or lists. Uh, n- yeah, for very long, really. Because um, tell us about your career. It only started back in two thousand nineteen. Yet you're twenty eight years of age.
3: Yeah, um, I think as a young person, I made like I made decision to live my life a little bit before making the commitment to get into my apprenticeship. Because um, I wanted to be, you know, pretty pretty spot on and pretty focused when I was um, getting into it. But uh, yeah, I started as a mature aged apprentice. Um, makes me sound old, but I'm not. Uh, but, um, yeah, I started a few years later than everyone else, which has ultimately worked out in my favour. My weight's always been pretty good, so I don't really have an issue with that. Uh, I'm not not overly concerned with, you know, going out or anything like that. Um, I've lived my life a bit, and I've always always wanted to be a jockey, but, yeah, it's, um, it's worked out really well for me in the end.
2: Yeah, forget about the age you mature but that's a very mature attitude to have I think that you've you've been able to you've been able to say well let's let's get the partying or the social life out of the way early and and then get into my career but uh you've had a few stops and starts with falls that type of thing uh, as well Anna
3: Yeah unfortunately um the end of 2019 I had a nasty little race fall up at uh, Cooktown the annual Cooktown meeting Mhm um which set me back for... I was out of the saddle entirely for three and a half months and then I realistically should have spent longer than two weeks riding track work, but I got itchy feet and just wanted to get back in the saddle race day. So I spent two weeks riding track work and then come back to it race day and um, I had about another month and a half or so and was set back again with the COVID restrictions. And then after that all lifted and the zones were sort of... um, Relaxed, I got back to doing what I do best and travelled all these country meetings and live the dream.
2: Yeah, and your, your winning record, as I <laughs> outline, shows you really are travelling and uh, and and getting around. and And look at the results now. When you look at this Queensland Country uh, pre, uh, Jockeys Premiership, you're sitting on second with 31 behind Alicia Ross with 37, and your strike rate sitting at 24.6 out of uh, 126 rides. That that's a you're really in top form.
3: Yeah, I've been very, very blessed to have the support of trainers like uh, Raymond Fraser, Shane Iverson, um, John Patterson, as well as, as, well as um, Norma and Andrew King. They've all been, you know, huge supports me race day and continue to put me on their horses and their winning horses and um, just have faith in me, which is, you know, showing in my results. What's
2: the hardest thing for you as an apprentice jockey to build into your career? Or what's, what's your best single trait you think you've got going for you that's uh, leading to this success?
3: I really know my horses and I spend a lot of time... Um, like, I quite enjoy riding horses a number of times so I can really figure them out so I can get the best out of them race day. The horses that I ride quite regularly, like uh, horses such as... Um, uh, Nick the and Raymond Fraser's horse, like Old Town Road. Like I, you know, I know these horses. I know a lot of the horses that I race against and a lot of their racing patterns, as well as the jockeys around me. I know sort of everyone has their little idiosyncrasies and little habits that they do, um, which I've always got in my mind, and I'm just I take note of everything throughout a race, and I'm quite aware of where I am and the tempo of the race and all that sort of business. So I, it, there's a lot that goes into it.
2: <laughs> oh, definitely. And the results are flowing. And you're apprentice to um, Michael Lakey, have I got that right?
3: Um, I was, but I have since transferred to the care of Mr. Glenn Peterson at Ipswich. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been here for a couple of months now, and I've found I'm really sort of really hitting my stride here. He's only got a small team of horses, but they're, a really quality team of little horses. Um, he recently had a really nice winner, which my partner rode at um, at Tare, called Spirit of Eden. She's a very very nice horse ride I ride at work. Um, but yeah, he's him and him and his family. They've been huge supports for me over the last couple of months as well.
2: And this weekend, where are you heading?
3: I'll be going to Dolby on Friday for a couple of horses for Norma King and Andrew King and then Karna Muller on Saturday for a full book.
1: We can't claim the same sort of success that our Tab Breakfast show do where they talk about having footballers on and then their teams win, but we haven't been the mock-on guests that we've had on this show, Anna, so we've had quite a few jockeys on recently who have still gone on and managed to win, so you don't get the mock on you by coming on our show.
2: And. And the one final thing, if I can just get you to outline, you've always a bit of been an athlete, I gather, Anna. In fact, uh, if they were to have at these country meetings any hundred metre dashes, foot races, you're going to nominate, I do believe.
3: Oh, 100%. percent! I'll blitz them all.
2: <laughs> you're a bit of a runner in your early days.
3: Yeah, back in the day. <laughs>
2: Trust me, I don't call 28 uh, too, too old. Cong- <laughs> congratulations on, on your achievements uh, so far. It's been wonderful to have you on this morning. Finally, after seeing such success in recent months, uh, hopefully the ball keeps rolling. And as Tony said, we haven't put the knockers on you. We'll look forward to results coming out of the weekend.
3: Thank you very much.
2: Good on you, Anna. Thank you for joining
1: us this morning. Anna Bakos with us there after her win in the Indian Cup on the weekend. And, Rob, we've got a couple
2: more meetings that we've just got to tidy up before we wrap things up for today and see what's coming up next week. Yeah Cairns and, uh, and Mount Isa of course and you were mentioning doubles before well of course uh, you've got oh, look at this we haven't put the knocker on Masayuki Arby I remember mentioning the Evergreen performers of late He's continued in winning form a double one for John Kilroy with Interrogation and the other for uh, Elwyn Bailey with Rough Cut Jewel good on you Mazza. Uh as well uh, Wanderson de Villa uh, getting a, a double at the meeting with Peter Rowe uh, coastal boy going in great guns I think that's two for two for Peter up the there since joining the stable and big group of owners enjoying that win over La Brusco and exceedingly cool Wanderson also combined with Fred Whelan with the uh, Frontier and uh, that winner was the second of the double for Fred he had the winner with Hot Top which I'm pretty sure is a half to Hot Saga that Fred had a great record with a great open company horse Nor Yardy riding that particular winner out of that meeting at Cairns and uh, then at Mount Isa Talking about that jockey's premiership, Tony, look at the name that's creeping up in the list uh, there as well. One, Dan Ballard, the reigning uh, uh, country jockey of the year with a treble coming out of that meeting up there at uh, Mount Isa. One for Tanya Parry with Far Far. The other for Damien Finter. Well, that's appropriate with the um, the retirement of Deadly Choices. Damien getting a new winner there in Adelaide, four-year-old gelding called Empire Games. First up, first runs for the stable. Let's hope it goes on to bigger and better things, defeating Cato and Flirty McCoy. And it was, uh, it was three in a row, basically, for Dan. He took... The uh, country, it's uh, the Mount Isa Cup quality open outback racing showcase heat with loud enough. Now this eight-year-old, he won the Gregory Downs uh, Cup the last run, fourteen wins from seventy-three, and I'm think he's a multiple Mount Isa Cup winner. And he was too good for an informed Dukes County for Denise Ballard and Grand Symphony, so he goes into the final, of course, or will move to the final at uh, McKinlay. Uh, in a couple of weeks' time. And Jason Hooper, he's also continued in winning form with a double. With Stephen Royce on a Zoon 8, took the maiden plate. And then with Dankst Haven, another one that's had two wins in a second its last three in good form over Magic Town and Safty. Dan Ballard bouncing back with a treble. Uh, Jason Hooper with a double. Stephen Royce for a double uh, uh, coming out of the Mount Isa meeting, Tony. Looking at the
1: meetings that are coming up this week, uh, if you're headed to the Cunnamulla and District Diggers Race Club program on the weekend, you'll need to tune your car radio to 87.6 FM when you hit town. But on the way through Tambo, you can dial into 87.6 and hear all of the racing action on radio tab there in Charleville on 104.1. We're just going to see if we can try and highlight a few of these frequencies around the place.
2: That's I know that good ma- because I'm often looking for those when I
1: travel. Well, them. many people would just have them on presets, I'm sure. If they've got six presets and they know which towns they're driving through, they would know that they've got to hit 94.3 when they're going through Roma or 88 mm. FM when they're going through Gander you've got to be able to make sure that you're well-equipped and prepared for these kind of trips. And one of the most important parts is being able to hear the races on the Saturday. That's
2: so, exactly right.
1: So along with Cunnamulla this weekend, you've got a big meeting there at Longreach. Your uh, Forex Gold Cup is a leg of the Outback Racing Showcase Series. Uh, also racing on the weekend at Moranbah and Richmond. And as we said, the final Battle of the Bush qualifier will be at Thangool on the weekend. And this is all after the uh, TAB programs this week. Thursday at Rockhampton, Friday, as Anna mentioned, at Dolby. And the two-year-old classic program coming through at... At Townsville on Saturday is always a good one.
2: That's a time-honoured classic race meeting, Our classic race, that particular one, Tony. And uh, as I said, those premierships really hotting up. Alicia Ross leading there with 37. Tanya Parry still out in front of Billy Johnson, 37 to 29. It's coming down to the pointy end in terms of premierships. But all that news will come through again. Just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au and we'll be back next week again and uh, hopefully after a great meeting here at Longreach with the Forex Gold Cup, a six-event program out here and many tourists, of course, turning up to our race meetings. Hopefully it's going to be a, a great, safe
1: weekend of racing for everyone involved. Good on you, Rob. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Thank you to Rob Luck, Anna Bacos and Paul Dolan for joining us on Bushbeat this week with all of the news. Good luck to those clubs racing this weekend at Cunnamulla, Longreach, Moranbah, Richmond and Thangool. And as always, we'll be back next Tuesday to wrap up all of the news here on Bushbeat on Radio Tab.